How you doing, Mark? We got Mark Winoker. Winoker here today. We're, we're just, we just, well, I just finished the Memorial Day Second Chance Draft, and he has the board in front of him, so do I, and we're going to talk about what happened. We're going to talk about my draft. We're going to talk about all the other, the other teams. We're going to say which teams we liked, which teams um, had interesting strategies. What's going on, buddy? Good to see you, Zach. Uh, yeah, it's fun looking at a new baseball uh, draft board. You and I have been doing some NFFC leagues together, so we've been looking at a lot of uh, football ones lately, and that's been fun playing against you. But good to see a baseball, baseball one back again. It's refreshing. You got you got you got some teams that are frustrating you. I'm sure I'm not you, but any everyone um, because of injuries, and more so than ever this year it seems. Uh, so it's nice to have a nice clean slate. But I'll tell you right off the bat, the first thing I noticed I was talking a little bit with Derek um, but Butcher after the draft, and I told him and just everyone and a few people in our chat just um, the it this being a 12 team league still got really like it was really diluted even for hitting near the end because of all the injuries like for example just as an example like Conforto was taken in the in the second last round but like he's not a starting player he's he's a stash at this point he's like no better than a prospect almost um so i don't know um it just it just like i found that my hitting was really like uh, it felt like a 15 team league for the hitting when it got to a certain point yeah, I'll just correct you. This is an 11-team league. One of these teams has <laughs> absolutely no chance. I mean, mm. I, that's mm. the worst pitching staff I've ever Big seen. Bar. It was it was an auto draft. Was it an auto draft? Okay, yeah. that's yeah. okay. Because I, I was like, this has to be an auto. Yeah, no, this is an 11-team league. Okay, right. But wow, an auto draft. That's always fun. I like throwing 350 and just not showing. That's uh. That you is never crazy. know. You never know what happened because you. you no, you it's saw. true. We know what happened earlier to. Um, to uh, that gentleman, and uh, you never know what someone's going through. So I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I but shouldn't what what happened here is he, he was just taking the top um, ranked players. So the, how the draft room sorts the players is is ranked. It basically like your player rating for the first part of the year. So Vladimir Guerrero was number one, etc. So it just so happened that um, well pitching went off the board really quickly, so he didn't have a chance to get any pitching, and he ended up with how many straight hitters? 17 straight hitters. So his, his healthy his healthy pitching staff. I don't want to spend too much time on this auto draft team, but his healthy pitching his healthy pitchers are John Gray, Madison Bumgarner, Nick Pavetta, and Austin Gomber. That's it. Those four, and the rest of his the rest of his pitchers are basically like out indefinitely. Like yeah, he'll be happy to get Gombert with that team as uh, as said before. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, okay, all right. So yeah, nothing about that team, although. To, to your point, Zach, that did further dilute the hitting pool because mm. I think he went 18 straight uh, hitters, and he he actually got yeah, some 18. nice he got some nice buys there, but uh, that was probably messing up some other people who you know had gone pitching heavy. That definitely diluted the pool just that much more, especially in a 12 team or so. That didn't help anyone. No, it, it it really threw everything through a loop. How do you think that's going to affect the overall? Because I was saying that it's really going to be difficult for like any of these teams to win, to, to really compete on in hitting in the overall. I think when you have a team that's a no show or does some just really extreme, extreme strategy, it does impact the overall though. I'd love to see a study in that. So I'm not sure anyone's ever really looked into that. That would be interesting, but yeah, I, 
Um, there's a there's some there's a few teams that I think had the right balance hitting and pitching, but the bulk of the team they're either overweight on hitting or overweight on pitching. And overweight on hitting that might not even be accurate because there's just not enough weight to be over on right now. It's 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 ugly. It's ugly. Yeah, it is. So. Yeah, what what are your thoughts? What are some teams that you what 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 are the team, some of the teams you think have a good chance of winning this? Um, what teams do you think have a shot at the overall? What teams do you think are are really lacking? Anything stand out to you? Yeah, just, just well, from the get go. Couple things, and I'd like to obviously ask you some questions about, about your team. I don't know if you're going to do another one of these. Knowing you, you probably are, so you might not want to give too much away. But uh, whatever you want to share. Um, uh, I won't air this until I finish drafting these. So, oh, there you go. so we can better. you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. But. Um, so, so as I said, I think I like the teams at the front of the draft who were able to really get the elite pitching uh, and then get enough hitting. So I really like team five. Um, I love this Bieber, Burns, Nola, Hader, Jansen uh, start. I, you know, being a Mets fan, I hate Lindor in the sixth round personally. I hate that. I, I hated that pick too. I hate that pick. But Albies in the eighth, I think, is the biggest steal of the draft. Um, I cannot figure out why he went in the eighth round. He's having a great year, and that's an absolute steal. Altuve, Suarez, Contreras, Fam, Hoskins, Yadi, Rizzo. Myers, if Robles comes back, Soler and Upton, if, uh, Soler if he can bounce back, Sano's hitting. Um, I I like the hitting. I think he's got enough hitting there. I don't think, well, the speed really depends on if Robles comes back at all. Um, the speed might be a little light, but I like that start. I like that balance. I like team four as well. Um, I am wearing my DeGrom jer- jersey. It's not a veiled shot at you for passing on him. Uh, <laughs> Bauer, but um, so obviously any any team with Degrom, it's like it's like McCaffrey in in the NFFC. I immediately look at that team because I want to see if true did they do the job after getting you know the guy I think is the best player in, in the league. Um, I like this team, Gaussman Wheeler. Uh, I really like Means in the seventh. I'm a little surprised uh, he fell that that far. I get I get it. Bad team, bad division, but he's been very good. Melanson Yimi, I think, is good enough. I like Hill and Mize. I don't like the McGee pick or the Caesar pick, although I've been a big Valdez guy um, all year. Uh, you know, Baez, Arenado, um, you know, the hitting, I don't know, Mullins, Taylors, Meadows, Grisham, Hosmer. I like the Solak and Vasquez. I like Moncada and Schwarber down that far. I like Bell down that far. Um, McKinstry. I like that team. Um, I like team one. Um, I think. Um, you know, Cole Bueller, Kershaw, uh, Eddie Diaz is great. You know, Yelich as your first hitter is risky as hell. Uh, and this team, and I want to talk about this a little bit, just the different types of risk different teams picked up. Because I really like, I have your team next, and I'll just talk about the risk. So this this is the injury old guy risk team. So Yelich, Alvarez, who's hurt again, Abreu, Marte coming back from an injury, Springer injured. Uh, Blackman kind of playing on one leg, uh, Moose injured, uh, Grandal like being benched. Um, so, you know, Dylan Moore. Was... And, Dylan, and, you, and you finish off the team with Dylan Moore injured sale and Severino. Yeah. I mean, 
I get it. You're going for the overall in this. No one's going for the league prize. This is a 100% overall uh, draft for everybody. So I get it. I really like team uh, three. Uh, I believe that's your team. Uh, you know, um, we could quibble about Bauer or DeGrom. I get it. You know, uh, wins are really, really hard to get. And it is another year where I think it could cost me a lot of money not having enough wins. My ratios are there. The Ks are there. The saves are there. It's wins again. So uh, Bauer could outwin DeGrom by five to 10. So uh, that's huge. Uh, I love the Geo pick. I like that you broke it up and took Bogarts there in the third. Um, I think that's probably really smart because um, you were able to still come back. Hendricks, Rodon, Presley. I'm not as big as not as big an Alcantara. You did take him over means. I think that's interesting. Maybe just NL and no no DH and uh, he he is good. I like him, but that's a great start with Bogey. Your boy Kettle. Shisholm just got hurt again. I. I I like him, but I'm worried about his health. And the big one, Michael Trout at 10. So talk, tell me about that one. Were you, was that in the plan? Where did you think he was going to go before? Talk about, talk about Trout there. Yeah, like it wasn't in the plan. But um, I was drafting, and my friend Graham, who's been on the show a couple times, um, we, were, we were trying to record um, like a live draft, but it was kind of difficult to record in my office because of the echo. So I don't know if we're going to end up um, – releasing it, but he just, it was, I was up in the 10th round and um, like, obviously I had two picks and I was sort of, we were sort of, I was sort of humming and hawing on Verdugo. I knew I needed an outfielder in that, in that case. I'm like, okay, I like Verdugo, but I also like Kalenic. And then I'm like, and then he, then Graham goes, like, Trout's still on the board. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Trout's still on the board. It's pick 118. Like yeah. um, you're missing a month of him, but like he is the stash. And then I'm like, and then I, then I said, I, then I said to him, like, should Trump still be on the board here? And then uh, he goes, I don't know. And then I'm like, well, there's seven bench spots. So I'm like, the only reason I can see Trout not being taken yet is that there's no bench spots. Like, even if he had one bench spot, I think he'd be taking him here. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take Trout here because I don't think he should be on the board. And I'd be surprised if he still, if he lasts this long in, in the subsequent drafts, but then it made me feel really good because right after I took Trout, Buckton was taken and then Springer was taken. So those are two other injured outfielders who may not be um, out for as long as Trout, but you like with Springer, he might be um, just looking at the injuries that he sustained and there's no definite timetable for him. So I took him and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take whoever I'll take Verdugo or Kalenic that fall back to me. And um, I ended up opting with Verdugo and then Kalenic fell all the way back to the next round. I'm really confused how Kalenic got back to in the 12th there. Um, there are some really questionable picks. Someone took Luke Voigt, the first pick of the 12th round. That is horrendous. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the that worst, is, that's the that worst is, pick of the draft. That I think is the worst pick of the draft. You know, Throwing out Team Eleven and, and their auto, but not even, not even, not even throwing out Team Eleven. It's true, actually. For, for um, like, for like, like, yeah, like as a whole, Team Eleven is worse. But that pick, like, even that pick, Void in the eleventh round. Yeah, first pick of the twelfth. It makes no. Oh, sense. sorry, first, <laughs> sorry, first pick of the twelfth. Void, Void, first pick of the twelfth round is a worse pick than he not who Oscar and Noah in the twenty third round. Yeah, I mean, he already had Olsen, so he didn't even need a first baseman. So. 
No, I mean, after you pick Trout, Buxton, you know, Glaber, I think you could make an argument over Trout, but then it's Springer, Edmund, Verdugo, Meadows, Catcher, Gritschuk, Crop, Brandon Crawford. Oh, I mean, God, give me Trout all day. You could have. Brandon Crawford was the auto draft team. Yeah, I mean, you could have. Honestly, you could have made the case for taking him in the ninth, heading, heading, heading the long way, because after that, Mullins, uh, Tapia, there's a couple of good guys there. Austin Riley, I like there. Stanton and a couple of catchers. I mean, so the fact that you got them all the way to the 10th, I love that. So, you know, you tend to like the younger players, you know, and kind of mix those in. And I think, I think your team has the, uh, the upside risk, which risk and reward. I mean, you know, it's, it's both um, you for an overall, if, if, if some of these guys hit, I mean, if, Brian Hayes hits, if Vaughn hits, uh, if somehow Wander gets up. Brandon Rogers, I don't know. They just don't – I don't know. I just don't believe that the Rockies are going to play. What else was there? But, uh, yeah, I didn't no, love it. No, I mean, no. What was, what was left for me at that point, though? Like, Johnson, around 23? Yeah, I mean, Longoria. No, I, I I like what you did. I mean, I think you, you've got enough up top and uh, obviously enough pitching. I like your Robbie Ray pick. I was, I was really debating this pretty interesting. I mean, picking a guy who doesn't throw a pitch in the majors in the 18th round. I, I love that. That's aggressive. Um, That's what I did uh, in my main events in 2020. And, and I said, I would never do again. <laughs> and here I am, but you know what? It's one of them. I didn't, <laughs> in the, in the 2020 main event, I took um, Gore, Howard and Pearson. Right. So all, all three of those guys. So um, taking one of them is not as bad, and especially, and let me preface this by, remembering that look look how I started the draft with Bauer, Giolito, Rodon, Alcantara, Robbie Ray before that. When I was doing that, when I was taking that amount of risk with the young pitchers in previous drafts, I didn't have the base that I did. Yeah, so, and, so and, we, and we know he's pitching tomorrow. No, there's no, yeah. there's no, there's no mystery with when he, when he's going to pitch. Um, the, the, mentioned the Robbie Ray pick that you said you liked. I really debated between him and Tyler Molly. And Tyler Molly fell further than he was falling preseason, and he's been great this season. Well, his, his, his numbers don't look amazing because of that one bad start, but he's been good. So I'm surprised Molly fell that, that far to Jeff Erickson. That was a great pick on his behalf. Like, I bet you if you looked at this board, you probably would have thought Jeff Erickson's team was my team. I always look for two players, uh, Kettle Marte and Tyler Molly. If I see him on different teams, then I have to really think about it for a second to see. <laughs> What about TJ? What TJ Anton? That is also true. As he's the third. You're right. And who got? Uh, and then Jared Walsh as well as the other one of my guys. So that's one of the very surprising picks to me. Uh, so just to put a bow on just my my favorite team. So it's it's four of the five teams that went with four pitchers in the first five rounds. Basically, uh, one went five. The other the other three went four. Um, I just think fantastic should finish top three in the league in pitching you know my only concern from an overall perspective is you have four teams doing the same thing in this draft and I think you'll see four teams doing the same thing in every subsequent draft so that means I don't know how many leagues they're, they're going to fill but you know you might have 30 40 50 teams with a similar build with you know those four or five pitchers so you know, it, it's really going to come down to the hitting, I think, uh, to, to separate. Um, you know, no one else went, except for the uh, the auto drafter, you know, no one else went 
you know, super high hitting, I guess team 12, maybe a little bit, but you know what, if you went super high hitting early, you, you couldn't catch up in pitching. There's just no way you're, you're, you're going to be just, um, just like I think team I think team six did like I don't mind the team overall, but his pitching staff is just not going to cut it. No, there are my that's my worst non auto draft team. If I had to pick one, is team six. Um, well, yeah, because Urquidy is like a basically a dead spot. Um, uh, you can't you can't have Charlie Morton, Chris Bassett, Zach Granke as your top three pitchers in this format. Um, you're dead. You're you're dead already. And I have a lot of Bassett and a lot of Granke. I could tell you, you're dead. Uh, they're fine. They're good SP, you know, fives at this point. Frankly, like an SP five or six. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm just being unduly harsh. I, I just have been disappointed in his performance, but he's not an SP three in this format. You're dead. I mean, your SP three is Rodon. Uh, team one's is Kershaw. Team four is Wheeler. Team five is Nola. I mean, forget it. You're, you're, you're so far behind there. Um, you know, even with the Tatis, Merrifield, uh, the Kyle Tucker pick in round three is awful. It's absolutely awful. Um, there were so many bargains on on guys who are off the slow starts you could have waited on and to pay full freight. I mean, that's where he was going. He was going end of second, early third in in in, in, in uh, Mains. How, he, how is he going five picks later than that with the start he's off to? I hated that pick. Yeah. Like Otani went right after him. Otani could have been argued to be a second round pick. I love the Otani pick in the third round. I mean, and then I think, Ballinger yeah. in the fourth. There's a, you know, there's a lot of injured players. Like you think, like I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, I'm taking um, Trout, and then I have, like, uh, and I have Jazz. Who, like, you know what? I think he should be back by the time this league gets up and running in June. Um, like, I don't think it. So you still have the week of a runway, which is what something I was thinking about when I took that when I made that pick. But other guys, but like every team you look at has injured players on it just because there's so many injuries. Like I'm liking them looking at that team. I like that team, like the Otani, but he's got Bellinger and Harper. Both those guys are hurt right now. And if I, if I go down that team, okay. He doesn't have any other hurt players. Oh, he has Carrasco, but like, I don't know, that's near the end. But if you look at almost every team has, has injuries on it. You're yeah. Drafting. I mean, it's just, even with a, even with Turner, Bellinger, Harper, and Rendon in the first 12, and that's just four hitters in the first 12, then it's Robbie Grossman, Brantley, Aguiar, Carson Kelly, Nico, John, that's just not enough hitting. I mean, that's just not going to, that's not going to do it. And then the pitching, I mean, is Glass now, Ryu, that's good, but then Eflin, Castillo, Sonny Gray, eh. I don't love that. I think that's just, and then, then the hitting's not there either. So, um, like Castillo, really I don't, I, mean, I don't understand how you're taking Castillo at pick in the, in the 11th round in a 12 team league. Like I, I get it. Everyone said like, okay, he's still a top, a top 150 pick, but man, like he's a must sit. You can't start him. So how are you taking a player? You can't start as a starter. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. No. Like you're, you're just, yeah. you're, you're taking him. Um, because you can't start him, right? I think we agree on that. Like, especially uh, yeah, in the I have finally come to my right sense. You're, you're taking a player, you can't start as a starter. So you're, you're, you're basically taking a player who is something right now and hoping that he's something that he's not. So going back to the risk profile, so there's the upside risk and that, and again, this is risk reward. So going with a lot of the young upside kids, if they hit, yeah, that's fantastic for an overall. Or you can go with the old guys, the guys who have done it year after year, 
um, who either are injured or off to a slow start. Then you just have the pure injury risk teams that are just going for guys that are hurt right now, but you figure you're going to get three. It's a four month season. So if you get three months out of, uh, out of guys, you feel like that's enough in a four month season to, to, you know, to, to make it work. I, I could, I, I'm not sure I agree with that, but that's what people are doing. And then you have the slow start risk, right? You just have the guys like the Castillos, um, like the Lindors, you know, that are just off to very slow starts, but you think they are going to rebound. Um, so I think you're right. Every team took on some either combination or exclusive set of, of, of risk profiles that will be really fascinating to see how it plays out. Yeah. I agree. My, the, the, my most difficult pick was the Cabrian Hayes pick. Now he's, he's like, he's, he's already on his rehab assignment. So they're saying that he should be back by early June, which could mean that he's back by the first week of the season. Um, but what, what I was struggling because I needed a third baseman at that point, I ended up taking Matt Chapman like later on in the draft who fell to the 20th round, but something he's, he's not right. Like there's something, something that's not right with him right now. So I understand that he's not, he's not the Matt Chapman that we know, but um, like, do you even classify him as a slow start or like, he's almost like, he's almost broken. Like Luis Castillo. He's broken. injured. I think he's still not right physically. Um, you know, Scott Jenstead, you know, obviously watches every at bat and is, is, if he's concerned about someone who he watches every at bat for an A's, I would be concerned, but nonetheless, at least you could throw him in this lineup, you know, if Hayes is not quite ready in a week. So, you know, as you said earlier, you just need live bodies. I mean, you know, as, as we're finding out this year, um, I think Derek Rhodes put it out 30% higher IL um, placements than in 2019. That is really unprecedented. And everyone is, you know, if you have only six injured guys in your team, you are ahead of the curve. I mean, I'd say most teams probably have eight or nine injured, or at least most of my teams do. So you can't even feel the full team. I mean, you're getting zeros all throughout the week and the weekend because, you know, everyone starts the week with a full roster, but it's gone by Tuesday. You have, uh, you know, we've had three guys go out on one team in a day. So any live body, even a Matt Chapman is worth something right now. So. No, for um, sure. He's definitely, he's definitely worth it. But at that point, I don't know what you would have done there because one, one thing that I, the one thing that I noticed, and I'm going to keep this under my belt, even though it might not be that much of a secret anyways, corner infield falls off a cliff fast and quick in these, in this new world. Um, Jared Walsh, I was targeting him in the fourth round or the fourth or the fifth. I don't know what I would have done, but um, I might've taken him. Um, I was looking at Bellinger and Walsh at that point, just because I knew the landscape of first and third base was just going to, it's just so, it's so shitty. Um, and then I ended up, I ended up fortunate uh, going with Nate Lowe and Crone, and I, it's questionable that I passed up Rizzo, Rizzo for them. Um, it's questionable, but I really needed the counting stats at that point, um, I felt. And then get, get, then taking Hayes in the 17th round um, over Moncada, over Baum, um, or the, I guess, the, like, I guess I mean, Segura might have been available at that point, I think. Um, yeah, so my guy is Segura. That's that's probably where I would have gone there. You know, his second and third base eligibilities. You know, it's it's an empty average right now. He's sitting over 300, but it's you know fairly empty. I think only two homers, maybe two steals. But you know what? Average is pretty hard to find, also in addition to wins. And 
Uh, he's, he's at least playing every day, has multi-position. And, you know, if he, if he only goes 10-10 with a 300 average, that's going to be helpful this year, especially, like you said, the corners are pretty rough. So might have gone with him and, and, and rolled the dice that Hayes made it back. But, uh, you know, I, I recently grabbed Hayes in a league, uh, in an OC uh, in Fab, and I am stashing him. So I, I, I certainly think Hayes fits the profile of your team a little better as far as upside. If, if you're going to go for the, you know, for the upside risk, you should just go for it. And a Segura doesn't really fit that. So I think given your build, I like Hayes there. Yeah, I, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. And, and I'm not surprised to hear your analysis that my team is sort of like the youth upside risk, which is sort of my style at times. Um, I can, I was able to, to pass it up for until a certain point, but I guess you would still say Kalenic fits that profile, but he's up now. So um, that's a player that like, at least he should be getting you some stolen bases. And um, I know he went over for five again tonight, but didn't strike out. Um, he fits that profile. So I got Kalenic Vaughn, got, I got Kalenic Vaughn Franco on the same team, right? A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of youth risk starting from like in that, in those mid rounds. Right. So like, I don't know, like when, when I took Vaughn, like I just, that was at a point where I just realized that like offense was just evaporating like way faster than I even anticipated because of the auto drafter. Like I knew it was going to go quickly, but I just, um, I knew outfield was going to go quickly, but I just didn't know. I didn't realize it was going to go that quickly because if you see the auto drafter, he took, five outfielders in the first seven rounds. Yeah. Well, a couple things. What I like about your team and the other teams uh, that I mentioned are, you know, the pitching is there without the risk. Like there's very little risk in the profile in the pitching. You didn't go like young pitcher risk. Like you had the solid pitchers, the veterans who were doing, you know, who are doing well and should continue to. So I'm okay with the upside risk more on the hitting side because Hitting right now is just, there's not enough of it. So if you're going for an overall, go for the guys who could bust out this year. Um, if you just get a kind of a, you know, like a Rizzo, like, you know what Rizzo is. He's not busting out this year. I mean, he, he's not hitting homers. His power's been on a decline for years. You know what you're going to get. You're not going to get Nate Lowe. Uh, I've, I, he's stealing bases. He's hitting. Uh, I like that pick a lot. And then you got Vaughn later. Um, so no, I, I think you made the right calls there on the hitting side to pair with your pitching and you're sitting with Mike Trout on your team. So um, you, you have to be feeling pretty good. I think you, you're definitely in contention here. No question. And the other thing that you mentioned is outfield. Outfield is just an absolute nightmare. Crap. Yeah, uh, it's terrible because all the injuries, I was, I was making my um, pre-draft rankings and I have, I had to have a separate like column for just like the stashes, like Trout, Springer, Robles, like Conforto. Ozuna, like it's crazy. The list goes on. Like Dylan Moore, um, uh, like is Garrett Cooper even healthy at the, at the end of my draft? I don't know. <laughs> so just just speaking of outfield, real quick, there are a couple buys I really like here. Um, I like Will Myers in the 16th round. Love I it, mean, love he, had, it. He, he had COVID, right? So I mean, yes, some guys come back or don't come back, like Erod. You know, some guys come back and struggle, but really like that pick. I, I like the Kirilov pick in the 17th. Um, and yep. I like the, I love, I say love, I love the Santander pick in the 18th. My only concern with Santander is everyone who's been on the IL 
not everyone, a, lar a, a, a decent percentage are coming, are going back on the IL. Like Horner just did it to me. And, you know, they're, uh, you know, Boyd just did it again. Um, but, you know, just given the dearth of outfielders to get an everyday outfielder, middle of the lineup guy like a Santander in round 18, I really like that. I'm glad uh, that Santander went to that team, though, because it, I, think, I agree with all your I agree with all your picks. I'm glad that Santander went to a dead team. That's true. Yes, because I don't <laughs> know what the team did here. Um, you know, Benintendi at the end of the 19th. Yeah, know, yeah, it's a good pick. Everyday player, Joey Gallo in the 20th. I mean, it's Joey Gallo. I mean, it's I think that's pretty decent there. So, so even Solaire, I would take the shot on, and Kepler. Um, there, so there were a couple of good buys late on outfield, which is surprising because it is the toughest position to fill. So um, that surprises me a little bit because middle infield has been easier to find on the wire. So I'm a little surprised guys didn't target outfield more like, so for example, team five only drafted one outfielder in the first 15 rounds. Team six has two in the first 17 rounds. Team three, three in the first 18 rounds. Uh, here's another team, uh, team nine, three in the first 18. So really surprising, especially when team, you know, 11 auto-drafted three, five, you know, five in the first six or seven rounds. So it's yeah. a little surprising that the outfield wasn't valuable more. I know. Yeah, I like, I agree. Um, I started to hammer the outfield that's starting in the eighth round. Um I know Trout was one of them. He's he's not. When is Trout back? You know, is it? I mean, they said six to eight. So you know, it's it could be middle. It could be July, you know, All Star break. Is that middle of July? I mean, and here's the thing. Two and a half months of Trout is four months of any other any other hitter, basically. You know what I mean? So even if you get two and a half months of him, you're getting four months of production at plus you get to plug in a replacement level guy in those other month and a half. So you're actually going to be getting more than that. So um, I think that's a great pick. Uh, where, where do you think Trout should be going in these drafts? Looking at the board, I think he should be going, I'd say no later than the eighth round. Um, I No later than the eighth round. I think you could make an argument for the seventh round. Um I'd say no later than the eighth round is, you know, is, is I think his ADP will settle in around in the nineties, I would say is, is my guess. Um, and you got him here. What, what are we talking about? 118. 118. Uh, so. Yeah. I, 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 I tend to agree with that. I, I think you have looking, the max here. You have the max pick on Trout here. I predict. I would think so too. Um, going back, I'm trying to think of when uh, I'm going, I'm looking at the Trout pick and I'm going back through the board and seeing, okay, this is a guy that I would take ahead of Trout. And I'm going back. Suarez, probably not. He's hitting 150. JT Real Muto, no. He's also hurt. I know not hurt for as long. Although I do like JTR in the 10th. I'm sorry. That's a good pick. Um, I still think – because here's here's the interesting interesting thing about these this draft. What they've done to this point matters, but it doesn't. Like, um, he's been extremely disappointing, uh, not worth anywhere near where he was been drafted, but it's it is a clean slate. Now it's clean only in the sense that the stats start fresh. Obviously, if a guy's dinged up or there's a material change in in, in, in the positive or negative, that that will carry forward to a certain degree. Um, but you know, I, you know, so 
The problem with these drafts is, you know, everyone says recency bias, but it's it's this misinterpretation of, um, I think, um, production and projections, and that you think the guy's done it already, he will continue to do it. Uh, that's fallacious to a certain degree. And or guy hasn't done anything, he's not going to do anything again. It's in the middle somewhere. You have to try to get the right mix. So um, I think you want a few guys that are super hot and you think can continue it. And then you also want guys who are off the slow starts that you still believe in as long as the injury isn't like super significant for production and, you know, some kind of, some kind of mix. So that's, what, that's my take on that. What do you think about Posey as a second catcher off the board? No, no, no. I love Posey. I am, I am everywhere this year. He's been fantastic. Uh, but no, cause I was getting him in the 18th round, you know, and you know, you're, you're just living off that. No, I would never have taken Posey ahead of Real Muto, not in a million years. No. Would you have taken him over Wilson Contreras? No. Or Will Smith? Maybe mm, Will. I'm not a Will Smith guy, particularly just because of the playing time. Uh, I would take him over Yachty. Christian Vasquez in the 15th, I don't understand that. I think he's having a good year. Um, so he's doing that, okay. I think he's getting like 250. Eh, he started off bag. real hot, I mean, but then he sort of slowed a little bit. Yeah, but here's the thing. Uh, I wouldn't draft a catcher, you know, I mean, Sal Perez in the, in the end of the ninth is decent, but tough to get, tough to grab a catcher in this, in, in this, in this type of environment, I think. Um, it is. So, I, I like to sell, I like the Sal Perez pick. Um, I, I don't mind the Contreras pick. I don't know how, I think he's, I think he'll be okay. Um, so I think the Contreras pick is, yeah. is good. Let's talk about, I think, couple of really interesting picks. One is uh, Mondesi. Uh, let's talk about Mondesi because I think everyone will be looking at this pick. Fourth round. Fourth round. I, I absolutely love that pick. I love that pick. He has missed the first two months of the season. He's back now. So you're you're literally losing nothing. Now, other than what we said already, that it looks like there's guy, you know, there's there's a there's a correlation between one IL stint and two. Uh, so that was a concern. But you're getting a guy who was going in the late first, early second um in the you know in you know pick 40 basically uh so what do you think of that pick i i tend to love it i just i'm not a Mondesi guy so i i i'm i'm kind of upset that he didn't go earlier because i always like to see Mondesi go early so people spend more draft capital on him but i don't know i think it's okay i think it's okay there he's got bichette and Mondesi. um yeah no <laughs> i i get it uh, he could be the number one hitter the rest of the season he could be. Uh, I doubt, I doubt there's not many guys. I don't think there's that many guys you could say that could be number. So my point is, if you're going for an overall, I like, I love that pick. I mean, because that's that's a swing for the fences pick, and uh, you know, you paired him with Freeman and Bichette, which is a really nice combination. You know, looking more at this team, uh, you know, sure. Why would you take Why would you take Bruhan when you have Montesi? No, I don't like that pick. And why would you? Why is Alex Wood your SP three? Am I missing something? Over Freddy Peralta? No, I don't get that. Um, yeah, no, that's fucked up. Eflin? Honestly, I would. I mean, um, I would take Eflin over Wood. I would yes, take. I would. Um, I would well, take. I would take Domingo Herman over Wood. I would probably take. Now, I would take the, like he took Wood over. He took Wood over Snell. To be fair, I love Strasburg in the thirteenth. I don't understand how Strasburg fell that far. He came back the other day. He looked decent and. Again, you're going for the overall here. You're getting a Steven Strasburg in the in the 13th round. Um, I don't like the wood pick, but I certainly like 
Strasburg, and then you know, and then he, you know, he 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 got Valdez, who should be back. Um, so I think he, I like what he did from an injury perspective, getting guys who are just coming back now, Mondesi, Framber, and Strasburg. So you you have none of the downside of losing them for those two months, and now you should have them for four months. And you're not going to have pro, you're not going to have Strasburg for four months. Well. I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I hope you hope, but I don't think so. Like, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, Snell, Strasburg, Hendricks, that, that's, that's an interesting, um, you know, combo. I'm going to Christian Javier in the 13th. Why? He's going to the bullpen. I mean, you know, I'm not sure how much, you know, current events people were following here, but they're, you know, like the Boyd injury, maybe the person missed it and Christian Javier is in the, bu- in the bullpen. I mean, that's, in the 13th round, it's a complete, utter waste of a pick. Although I do like the Team 2's Alonzo pick in the 12th round. I mean, I'm kicking myself for going overweight on him and shunning Vlad. Um, but uh, I still like Alonzo in the 12th round here. Uh, compared, Like, if you tell me the rest of the season, Alonzo, Vlad, and you give me 11-round head start on Alonzo, I think I take Alonzo. Really? Yep. Hmm. Well, yeah. an eleven round head start, yes. Well, because he has Acuna too, so he got Acuna, you know, uh, you know, in the first round. So yeah, no, he is. He is. Like, the like, Vlad I'm... team has Carlos Santana. So okay, just either or: Acuna, Alonzo, Vlad, Carlos Santana. Who you got? Well, the different positions. So Acuna That's and Alonzo sure, or Vlad. Round. I'm saying the rounds. Um. The Acuna Alonso combo. Now I understand that this is the auto draft team, but that nonetheless, is we're just kind of looking at where, where guys went. I mean, obviously, other people had shots across Santana. So anyway, just picking out some other guys that um, are dinged up but don't seem serious. Like Alonso should be back. Uh, it's in the time for this. So couple, just a couple more things, and uh, that, and, and then I'm, I'm pretty much there. Is what you're thinking on when to time this draft. So obviously tonight was the first one. There was no ADP. There's a certain advantage to that. There's going to be one, I think on Memorial day. So where are we, what are we seven days away, six days away from, from, you know, from there's what drafts every day. Um, Memorial day, Sunday or Saturday. Yeah. I think it's, I don't know. Good question. Well, I think, I, I think this draft, I think they go until the 30th and then they, the season okay. starts on the, the 30th is a Sunday. And I think the season starts on the 31st, the game start. So we- given, given you could draft later and have the most up-to-date injury information, you know, this is not like, this is not like, you know, before the season where you're waiting on job positions, closer decisions and all that kind of stuff. This is just purely an injury consideration if you were going to wait the extra six days and maybe you'll do multiple and, and you'll take advantage of both. I'll probably do one more. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you balance having no ADP with having, um, because I'll tell you right now, there are going to be another 10 guys who get hurt between now and the start of the season that people just drafted. And they're going to have another two injured guys, or another injured guy in their team that they, you know, that they thought, thought was healthy today, as opposed to if you waited five days, you would, you would know that. Although of course, Five days after that, guys will get hurt too. So I'm not even sure it matters anymore. Yeah, people are getting hurt at a record clip. I think um, the best time to draft is now with with no ADP because these boards are going to be shared, and then people are going to be. We're not the only people that are that are realizing things about this board. And take Mike Trout for example. Both of us agree that he should never have lasted that that late. 
you're not going to see it. You said, I just set the max pick because people are going to talk and like, okay, Trout is a ninth round pick or an eighth round pick. You're not going to get him like that anymore. So I was fortunate to get my Trout. So I think um, there's other players here like, mm, like, yeah, I'm just trying to see who else is going to move up two rounds. So yeah. So, so who else do you see as a two round mover after people, people see probably the Corey Seager. 16th round wow yeah that seems i mean it's a broken hand it's only you know it said four weeks even if you call you know call it's it a week it's going to be another week you might be back like in two or three weeks no no i i would say july one best case scenario because you know it's going to be you know another week of this and that okay. so you're, you're getting for three months though so yes i think that's absolute i had totally missed that that is that's a great pick in the 16th round there. I mean, the next guy took Moose. I would take Seager all day long. Yeah. That's because Moose isn't healthy either. Um, uh, so you passed him for a catcher. Uh, what, did you consider him there? Or how hard was it to manage the board with whatever cheat sheet you put together? Like, how hard was it uh, on the clock to find players? Because you, you even said if it wasn't for Graham, you might have even missed Trout was still there. So how hard was that this time? trying to manage that it seemed like it might, might have been pretty tough well for Seeger there like I I just couldn't grab another guy like Mike Trout uh, yeah that makes sense so it, you it can't just, stash two of them that's like, it, it was very difficult and even though I did take other stashes uh, uh not at like not at the point where I needed starting like starting players and Narvarez as the catcher I think he was the last in above a tier um he's batting over 300 he's been really good this year he's might be the, one of the better hitters in that lineup. He's like batting third in the Brewers lineup. He's been arguably their best or second best hitter all year. So I think he was a, a good pick for me there. And then, um, yeah. Well, you, so, knew, you knew you were going to, you were doing the upside strategy. So you knew you'd have a couple more stashes later. So you realized I can't stash two injury guys and then another couple, you know, upside guys later. That's just too many. So probably the right call. But I agree. I think Seeger will move up. I think Trout's going to move up. I think Albies will move up, frankly. I don't understand him going there. He's, I think um, both Ketel Marte and Jazz Chisholm will move up. Um, I don't know. I think that's a right around where they should be going. I mean, you got LeMay. I mean, Kettle Marte, like, why is Ketel Marte an eighth rounder? He was like a fifth rounder. Or sorry, in the 12s, he was like a sixth rounder. Uh, because he's been back and hasn't really got started yet, right? I don't think he's done much. So he's been back for like, what, a week, right? Sure, I understand. I mean, guys are off the slow starts. We're getting back. I mean, okay. Let's say this draft happened right before he got injured when he was off to that torrid start. Yeah, probably third or fourth round. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, no. I I think I can see him creep up a little bit. Um, who um, else? Obviously, I'm biased because I did take him, and I obviously thought he was a good value there. No, I think um, eighth round's perfectly fine. Uh, you know, Kalenic is another guy. Like I'm just, I guess, going off my team. Those are like that. That little pocket of Marte, Chisholm, Trout, Kalenic. I thought like those are players that are at least around undervalued in this draft, I thought. Yeah, I'm just trying to see if, I mean. I, like yeah, like yeah, Tommy yeah. Tommy Pham was drafted before Kalenic. Like, no, I no. The, the, the and, Tommy and Trent Grisham either. No, neither. I, I would well, Trent Grisham either. I thought was a good pick, but like Pham was drafted before Grisham and Kalenic. I think the Tommy Pham pick is probably one of the worst picks of this draft. Like aside from that, that's like that team's first outfielder. Yeah. Like I would have taken, but like I think the Will Myers pick was one of the best picks of the draft, which is to that same team in round 16. 
I would easily take Will Myers over Tommy Pham in a, like in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'm just trying to see who, you know, how about pitchers who might jump? Any any pitchers you see on the board who here. I think Rich Hill in the 16th is pretty late. I could see him moving up a little bit. He's been, you know, mm. the Rich Hill of all now. That could last for a Freddie while. Peralta in the yeah, Freddie Peralta falling to the 10th. I mean, yes. if he goes five innings on Sunday and gets the win, he's probably around earlier, maybe. Like it's uh that's that's I was ready to pounce on Freddie Peralta. Um but I should have. Um I almost uh, he's almost in that tier with the Alcantara pick that I made in the seventh. And he fell to the tenth, but then, like at that point, I had Marte and Chisholm. Like I needed hitting, so I had to pass on him. Um, pit, like looking at the pitching, um, Alec again going back to my draft board. Alec Manoa, he's a guy that's going to change widely, like either later or earlier, depending on how he performs tomorrow. Um, I think Framber, I think Framber Valdez. It's all these players that are injured that I think maybe I just maybe I'm just biased in terms of being too optimistic with these injured players coming back, but Framber Valdez, another guy that I think, eh, I, eh, I don't know. Maybe I'll take well, that back. I mean, maybe I take that back. I don't know if he's that good of a good of a deal, but he definitely they got him late enough. Um, I like the, um, you know, I'm heavily invested in this guy. It's been, it's been heartbreaking, but Sixto Sanchez in the 21st round. I mean, he just threw his first bullpen. So even if you even if you knock him out for one more month, you should get three months out of him as long as there's no recurrence of, of the shoulder because not, there's going to be no innings concern. He's not going to hit his innings in three months. So he's interesting. Uh, a, a guy I love that I picked up uh, five times over on uh, Sunday was Caprillion. Uh, I watched that game today yes. and he looked good. I'm a little surprised. Only four strikeouts. I, yeah. I went. I went to draft him, and then I I was searching his name, and I'm like, oh, he's already taken. I want. I wanted to grab him. Yeah, twenty third round. I, you know, I mean, he's not going to pitch again probably before, so maybe he won't move up uh, much. But you know, I think that's an interesting. Yeah. Uh, couple late names. Kendall Graveman. In the yeah, 24th. I was just going to say that. that. You want to say that? Yeah. I mean, that was my next guy that I was going to point out. Yeah, Graveman for sure. He has COVID, or you know, was close contact or something. I don't know. He's been has he's been lights out so and he'll have a closer job back once he comes back so that's a little surprising he fell that far. Um, yeah. I like what you did. You know what's wrong with Lou Trevino? I mean I know they, they you know they used you know you know we, we can't get it right. You know we got we have Trevino and 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 Deepman in a couple different teams and keep getting it wrong. So but still though you got a half closer there in the twenty fifth round. I like that. Um, and even Taylor yeah, Rogers, yeah. he's been their best pitcher in the bullpen. Rogers, like overall for the over the course of this year. So who who fell the further uh, furthest from the mains? Uh, Max Freed, I'm looking at in the 24th round, right? That's that's a monster fall from where he was going, you know, preseason, right? Oh Max yeah, Freed. I think he's a little bit banged up though, isn't he? I think so. Uh, Jesus Lazardo in the 22nd. That's another big faller. But the, uh, but the thing with him, and I don't know if you heard the news, he's they're they're talking about using him as a relief pitcher. Really? Yeah. Well, that, that was the latest, that was the latest piece of news on him. Hey, so, that's fantastic. Thank God. But, I'm so glad I have him. <laughs> the just going back to that team one, he's taken a lot of upside risks on that team, like for the on the pitching staff. Like he's got a great obviously start with Cole Bauer. Sorry, Cole 
Bueller, Kershaw, but then he's got Lamette, Lazardo, Sale, Severino, but Eliezer Hernandez in the 25th. You were saying you like Sixto in the 21st or 22nd. Eliezer, he's going to be back soon. That is a that's a fantastic pick. I yeah, I have them stashed in a couple spots, so I, I do like that. that well, that's that's a, that, that, that might be one of my. That, I think that's a top five pick for me. Like Eliezer in the, the 25th. That's a. I mean, I really like that pick. Well, get to my eight in the 27th. Talk about the fall. Uh, oh, wow. yeah. uh, from the you know from the fourth round. So he's got a groin injury. It's not an arm injury. You know, maybe he's had this, you know, and that's what, I mean, obviously last year was not, you know, legit only against the AL central K rates, not, you know, was kind of uh, an outlier, but you know, that's a, that's, you know, that's not a bad shot there. And even Odorizzi in the 28th, that's Vince Velasquez in the 28th. There's, you know, there, you know, what's interesting is, you know, you said it's pretty thin and it is, but, you're seeing more good late picks than you typically would see, right? I mean, for the season, you're kind of struggling to get guys those last few rounds. You're just the way that this, you know, this draft fell. You're going to see quite a few guys emerge from these last five rounds that are going to be difference makers uh, in these drafts. So I guess it's just a good a good thought to just keep keep grinding these drafts and uh, you know make sure those last five picks count because uh, you know you can definitely um, like Chad Pinder's a good one. You know, I like that. Um, Cooper, those are some good late ones. They're okay, just like who the, hell, who the hell's Jesus Sanchez? Seriously, you you come <laughs> up with guys in football and baseball. I look at them like, wow, I must not do any homework because I don't know who this guy is. Who is uh, this guy? Jesus Sanchez is on the Marlins. He was traded for from he bounced around. Um, I think he was on the, the Rays and the Brewers, but he was a um, pretty good prospect. He's batting five hundred in AAA with like seven home runs. He is like doing the Jordan Alvarez before he got called up mini, like not, not to that degree, but he's just crushing triple A. And if there's a spot there, I know um, Sterling Marte is coming back and um, they got, they got a full outfield, but man, that guy, like he's knocking on the door and you know what? Like I got a week to see if he gets called up and you know what? There's waivers, right? So fuck it. Like if he's nothing, then I'll just drop him. Yeah, looking at your team, you only have about four guys who are currently inactive. Uh, so yeah, so you, you, that's you have a little bit of wiggle room right now. I mean, that's that's my last pick. I can drop him. Like, um, yeah. I looked at Jaron Duran actually at that point just to um, just to speculate on some upside. It, the guy that took Ty France before me made my decision easy because I might have taken Ty France instead of like an upside spec here. But I saw Jaron Duran's going to uh, Team USA, so he's going to be gone from the minor league team for at least two weeks and maybe more. Hmm. So Duran's a guy that if you were stashing, you might not want to stash him if you got limited bench spots. So just kind of my last note I made was just just kind of the number of pitchers taken. So 18 in the first three rounds, so that's 50%. 32 in the first five, that's a little bit over 50%. 41 in the first seven, just about 50%, and 47 after eight. So Basically, through eight rounds, you're talking 50% pitchers, 50% hitters, which is, you know, typically, you know, when you look at an auction, you know, uh, splits, you know, 65, 35, let's just say, hitting to pitching. So I found this very interesting. Um, you know, I know Erickson, unless we're talking about this, you know, you know, it's there are 10 categories, five hitting, five pitching at the end of the year, it is 50 50, but most people, you know, do it, you know, we all draft a little differently to start with you know, auction or snake 65, 35. So this is a, this is a true 50, 50 draft. 
through the first eight rounds. So I, I think that's fairly interesting. And I bet you that doesn't change. I think you'll see the ADP for all of these second chance drafts. You'll probably see just about half of the first eight rounds will be, will be pitchers. Um, like I said, I was talking to Derek um, at the NFPC after the draft and he said, he's never seen this before, especially in a 12 team league where four teams had that strong of a pitching strategy. He said it was just like crazy to watch. Yeah, 50-50 would be probably the all-time high split in any kind of 12-teamer uh, that the NFF, NFPC has ever had. So, And it didn't help that Phil DeSalle made that thread today? Yeah, was that – had you already made up your mind on your strategy and you were like, thanks, Phil? Or Yeah, yeah, I, I, I messaged because um, he responded to something that Rob – posted and then I went to message Phil and I'm like okay because he, he said Rob was like debating between Cole and Acuna and Tatis I think he knew he was who he was taking he just wanted to kind of throw it out there Rob maybe as a red herring because I don't know I'm not, I'm not sure I bet you he had I bet you he had uh I bet you he had why would he need a red herring because he has first picks so it didn't matter to him but um You're just a mess with people <laughs> Um, you know, hey, just like just like lying about Bryce Harper being good and uh, <laughs> for the competitive advantage that it gave the Phillies, yes. Right. So I just I messaged Phil, and he's like, "I'll tell you why you should take Cole." And then um, <clears throat> I go to Phil, "Please don't post that." And then <laughs> I was late, and I he's like, "Oh, sorry, I already did." And then I went and read it, and I'm like, "Oh fuck!" Like I go, Phil, like I guess this makes me feel good because I had the same strategy. I, like your reasoning in my strategy was exactly the same, so like it makes me more confident because I agree with you. Um, and then we talked for a little bit. Um, and, um, I, um, I said, you know what, like, um, I said to him, uh, like a lot, like if I'm third, I'm probably going to either have the choice be I'm probably either going to have Tatis or Cole fall to me at three, which I did get Tatis fall to me. But I said, is Tatis even the right pick there? Because yeah, like he's like recency bias is killing it, but, um, like he has a shoulder, he has a shoulder issue. Um, and then I said to myself, I said to Phil, I said, you know, the sweet spot uh, for like your, like I said, your, your Xander Bichette story, you're going to, that's like your two, three turns going to be littered with your Xander Bichette stories. So I can get one of those guys there um, and pass on a shortstop in the first round and go Bauer. And I said, Bauer is my number two. And um, I believe he did agree with me on that. So um it wasn't, I'm not just copying Phil's. No, right? no. But I'm saying, but I'm saying we, we talked and, and uh, I, I said that I would take Bauer and he said that he probably would agree with me to take Bauer at that spot. So just, um, I know you love, I know DeGrom's the best player on earth, which I agree. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not debating that. Just, um, well, it's just, it's, it's just a the, strategy it's, because you're not getting the wins from DeGrom. And but it's also the health, man. It's like the health, the health, like he's, he's not, he hasn't been hundred percent. You worried about it before the season, and he's currently just coming off of a, of a stretch where he hasn't been 100% healthy. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I think I was gonna throw you know, yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, you know, I think he identified what he was doing that was causing that kind of tweak, um, and I think he's hopefully resolved it. So, I'm not too concerned health wise, but I am concerned win wise. I think just to get to 10 wins is going to be another challenge where Bauer could win 20 or 18. and those wins are the difference between winning and losing a league. So, no, man, good job. Thanks for uh, sharing it and, and talking to me through this. this. This was fun to recap. And Yeah, thanks um, for coming on. I know we said we'd keep it to a, a shorter. Oh, about an hour, right? We did, not too bad. 
under an hour. So for us, that's pretty good. So no, it's always fun talking to you, Zach. Appreciate the opportunity to be on the pod with you. And uh, good luck if you do another one of these. And uh, I should have jumped into a, an NFFC one tonight because you weren't drafting NFFC, but I was at my stuff. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be. I'm sure I'll see you in the NFFC drafts um, probably tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. Sounds good, man. Thanks. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Have a great night. Yeah. All right. Bye.